Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here are your hosts, Speedy Mormon and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome back to Unleashed from the King of Sportsbooks, BetMGM. Today, we take the mound and talk baseball. The season has begun, and we're going to break it down with former MLB pitcher Mark Mulder. Plus, we got to talk about our favorite baseball movies and break down the weekend's best bets in our Lions Lock segment. All of that is coming up. But before that, Olivia is going to walk us through the baseball season so far. Olivia, from the other side of the world, what is going on on this side of the world in baseball? What's up, Speedy? Yeah, you know, it's been a great start to the MLB season, but notably in terms of headlines recently, this past weekend, there was a postponement due to COVID. It was the Twins Angels series. And, you know, last year, 45 games were postponed in the regular season. Almost all of those were made up. This one's going to be tricky to make up just as scheduling works out. So that was pretty significant. And I think it follows a greater storyline as many teams made a big push after spring training to vaccinate a lot of their players, people who work in their program. Obviously, players can opt out of this, as some have. The Twins had a couple of players who chose that, but almost 80 percent of the Twins organization has been vaccinated. So this was a surprise. They had at least four positive tests, and this was pretty significant and something that you know you're just hoping that the landscape of sports will stop seeing that headline. But that is something that came up this week, but. You know, in general, I I mentioned the season's been off to a good start. There's been two no hitters, the White Sox, Carlos Radon, Padres, Joe Musgrove. So that that's always exciting or I guess not exciting if you like to see big home runs. And then just in general storylines, the Yankees not really living up to the preseason hype that they always get right now. They're last in the AL. The hottest teams right now are the Oakland A's. They've won seven straight in the NL. The Dodgers have won eight straight. And then just kind of what I love to see year by year, I feel like we get to see a bit more expression and fun in the MLB. Usually it's kind of known to be so antiquated. And, you know, in 2017, they started the players weekend and the players would wear their nickname on the back and they could wear fun, you know, gloves and cleats. And, and now we're seeing more and more of that. And it's, it's like this influx of young and exciting athletes they're now expressing themselves. They're celebrating. They're able to wear jewelry and and their fun gear and show personality, the bat flips, even on social media. It's such a difference from even a couple of years ago of what players are able to do to represent themselves, to market themselves. And just in general, it's, it's more player friendly, more fan friendly. And some of these unwritten rules are, are kind of slowly disappearing. Now, obviously you're going to have old timey traditional fans who don't like this movement. The purest of the game, right? The purists. But I, I think this is great for the league. I think it's great for baseball because it's such a long season. The games are so long to really hook in fans and young fans. They've got to be on social media. They've got to have some flair and swagger. And, you know, you see some of these players like Fernando Tatis, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, like they're, they're so swaggy and, 
and exciting to watch as players and off the field. So that's to me kind of marked this season so far as I feel like we're seeing a lot of personality. What a great summarization. I will say I love this kind of turning of the tide, right? Because we've seen Mm -hmm. other sports be allowed to have that free reign to, you know, express themselves however they wanted. And baseball was kind of late to the metaphorical race here. And it's nice to finally see these guys get to have fun and, and do their thing. Now, when it comes to the players of the MLB this season, are there people that you have your eye on? Maybe some people that you think are going to do really well. Maybe some people that you think won't live up to the hype. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. This is like I mentioned, it's kind of more of a, a player driven season. It feels like there's so many stars this year and it's so fun to watch a lot of young stars too. So let's start in the AL Akil Badu with the Detroit Tigers. He's a rookie. He's playing great. And he was a rule five draft pick. And a lot of people don't understand that a rule five draft pick. It's a redraft. It's held every December. So teams without the full roster, the allotted 40 man roster, they can redraft guys who have been in the minors four or five years, never been on a 40 man roster. So Akil Badu is one of these guys. So it's, it's kind of a, you know, second chance. It's so exciting when there's a success story out of the rule five draft. So Akil Badu with the Detroit Tigers is a huge storyline. And then also Shohei Atani. He's with the LA angels. He's a two-way player. And that's so extremely rare. He's like a modern day Babe Ruth. He pitches every five days as a starter. And then when he's not pitching, he's in the batting lineup. And the coolest thing about Shohei, he has the hardest hit ball this year at 116 miles per hour. He also has the fastest pitch at 102 miles per hour. Oh yeah. He's going crazy. (laughs) He's going crazy. He's Godzilla. Everyone loves calling him Godzilla. And I thought what was so cool, his teammate, Mike Trout, who a lot of baseball pundits say is the best player of all time. He says that Shohei is the best player he's ever seen. And then also CC Sabathia, a future Hall of Fame pitcher. He recently said he's the best he's ever seen. So that is, I mean, talk about high praise. Some of the best ever do it are, are just amazed at what they're seeing. The whole baseball community is amazed at what they're seeing from him. And then over on the NL, I mentioned earlier, Ronald Acuna Jr. with the Atlanta Braves. He's come out of the gates so strong. He's had such a hot start and he's such an exciting player. He's leading the league in home runs and he so personifies this new era of MLB players, the flair, the swagger, the bright accessories, the jewelry. I mean, it's so um, modernized, you know, now. And then also I talked about the LA Dodgers having a hot start. They're the defending champs. They haven't lost a series. They've had three straight sweeps and they are the first team in the MLB to 10 wins. So Dodgers are hot, fun to watch, but also you got to you got to have some love also for the LA Angels and, and Shohei Otani. He's kind of my favorite player right now. Before we wrap here, I'm wondering who you think, I know it's early, but who you think will win MVP on the AL side? Will it go back to Mike Trout or will it be Jose Abreu for a, a second year in a row? Or Otani. Or yeah. Is that, is that where you're, you're placing your bet? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's tough right now on the NL side too. I, I feel a little bit more comfortable in that one. Cause I think Ronald Acuna Jr. is making a strong case. So yeah, you know, it's early, but in terms of teams to watch, I think the Dodgers are are my team to win it all. But hey, we're so early. Very early indeed. We're also early on in the show, but coming up, we've got former MLB pitcher Mark Mulder joining us in just a second.
Welcome back. We are now joined by two-time MLB All-Star Mark Mulder. Mark, we were just talking about the Oakland A's and our producer even put on his Oakland A's hat. Just when we're talking about hot teams in the MLB right now this season, I'm just curious off the bat, who who are you liking so far? Well, to be fair, I haven't watched a ton of it just because I've been so busy with my kids. I mean, I've obviously I've obviously seen, you know, the Dodgers as good as as much talent as they have. I saw that Mookie Betts catch last night. That was pretty incredible to end the game. There's just so much talent in the game right now. There are a handful of teams, though, that kind of stand out above the rest, which I I just don't know if I see someone when it comes to playoff time with the staff the Dodgers have. I don't know if I see someone really being a a whole lot better than them. That's what I was just telling Speedy as well. So I'm glad you're making me sound smart here. We were also talking earlier about kind of the evolution of what players are able to do on and off the field in terms of expressing themselves, the jewelry, the brightly colored accessories, social media. What do you make of the direction MLB is going in? Do you think that this is a, a smart way to be more fan friendly? Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Yesterday I saw MLB... I forget which pitcher it was. They put something on Twitter, Instagram, and it said, oh, his, his shoes are on fire. Okay, well, I can remember the day when Eric Chavez and I used to take a pair of the shocks, the Nike shocks. I'd get them from Michigan State because they were green and white. Mm-hmm. And we would send those shoes and another pair of shoes to a company to take the spikes off of our shoes and put them onto the Nike, shoe, Nike shocks basketball shoes. And Nike got so mad at us. They they wanted to find guys when you didn't wear the conforming, the right color shoes. So it goes to show you just how much the game has changed to where now they're promoting what guys are wearing and how different and how much people can express themselves and the things they put on their feet. And I think you've seen that in a lot of sports. I also once had to change my glove mid game in probably 2002 because one side of it was black and one side was brown. So it was not a one color glove. And at that time, you weren't allowed to have a red one. You couldn't have a blue one. You couldn't do a lot of that stuff. And you think about it, that was less than 20 years ago. So it, it shows you the, the direction it's going. People are individuals. They can have opinions. They can dress a certain way. They can act a certain way. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I think that's, that should be applied to, to all sports. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get it. Baseball's doing it, but it should be that way for a lot of other ones, too. I mentioned the Oakland days earlier. Obviously, that's where you were drafted. You had your two all-star seasons. I'm kind of curious. You had such a quick ascent. You were the second overall pick in 1998. You spent just two seasons in the minors and then immediately were called up. You were just 22 years old. I'm fascinated as someone who covers a lot of sports, the amount that's put on a young person's plate. 22 years old, that's, that's very young to have that kind of success, attention, everything. I mean, walk, walk us through what, what goes through the mind of someone. You probably thought you'd maybe have another couple seasons in the minors like most guys do. Well, the thing was, is so I was obviously drafted out of college. And so I was, it's, I, I was not ready to play professional baseball. If I would have been drafted out of high school and signed, I was too young and immature. And I just, I wasn't ready for that. So I needed college. I needed to be able to grow up a little bit. And then when they drafted me, I went to big league camp and to be fair, in my mind, I want, I thought I should have made that team that first year, but yeah. I also didn't have a routine. I didn't have, I, I was not prepared for a big league lifestyle. I, I to play games day in, day out, do the work that needed to be done. I wouldn't have been able to have handled it mentally. So I went straight to AAA. I was lucky. I didn't have to ride a bus. I didn't have to do the whole A ball, double A, 10, 12 hour bus rides. We were flying commercial. 
I was in Vancouver, Canada, which was an incredible city that year. And then the next year I was in the big leagues. But even that first year, I struggled because I didn't have that work ethic yet. I didn't have the routine down. I didn't know what it took to be a major league player and have success and be prepared each day, day in, day out. And that second year, I had a few uh, older pitchers, Gil Heredia, who most people don't know. He was just kind of someone who took me under his wing and said, listen, man, you got to start doing this, do this, do you know, and I started getting a routine and, and I was much more prepared for that, that 2001 season. And that I was able to kind of show who I was as a pitcher. Obviously I did have a lot of success and kind of, then that carried over into those future years, but you know, it's a learning curve for everybody. Everybody learns at a different pace, things like that. I, I don't believe everyone just shows up in the big leagues ready to go. Everyone has their own struggle to, to find their way to have success. And I needed a little bit of time to find mine. Mark, you speak about coming into your own as a player, finding that routine and then finding the eventual success. I'm wondering who currently in the MLB right now is someone that you enjoy watching, whether it's their journey to stardom or someone that you just got your eye on. I think I gravitate a little more towards left-hand pitchers. Just makes sense. Naturally. Makes sense. Yeah. You know, so, so guys like Kershaw, David Price, I can't say there's, a ton of young guys that that I've seen that are left-handed. There, there's obviously a ton of talent. We saw Carlos Rodon throw that no-hitter the other day with the White Sox. There, there's obviously a ton of talented guys, but I, I'm still in such a favor of a lot of the older guys because they they go deeper into games. I think we're going to get to a point here coming up where you're you're not going to see a whole lot of 200 inning pitchers. You're not going to see a whole lot of complete games. This whole five, six, seven inning thing, a lot of these young kids, they come up in the minor leagues only throwing five or six innings and they're told that that's a great job. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not their fault. But, you know, you when I was doing TV stuff, doing games, you'd see these kids get into the sixth or seventh inning and they're they're kind of glancing to the bullpen to see, hey, is somebody getting up? So a lot of the veteran guys who, who still can can go deep into games, whether it's Max Scherzer, Verlander, I know he's hurt, but there's just a handful of those guys that I still love watching pitch because they want to, they still want to start everything that they finish. But if a lot of these young guys, these young guys that come up, the talent that they have and the stuff that they have, I, I would give anything to have had the stuff that they have now. I mean, every one of these guys is 96 to hundred. It seems like with wipeout sliders and, and plus breaking balls with a good changeup. And I think that's why you see the ones with the better command really have the success in today's game because a lot of them throw hard, but not all of them know where the ball's going at all times. Mark, as a pitcher, I know you're going to have a different answer for this than I am. But when I'm watching the game, the last thing that I want to see nine times out of 10 is a pitcher's duel, a no hitter or a perfect game. But as the guy in the driver's seat, what is it like to really be crushing it out there and, and knowing that these guys can't hit anything you're throwing? Well, when that's happening, it's effortless. There's no thought that's going into it. Everything is coming to you very easy. Whatever pitch you throw, you instantly know what you have to throw next. And the beauty of that is when you're on, you and the catcher are so on the same page that the catcher puts down a sign and you're, you're almost shaking your head yes as his fingers are going down. So the game goes real quick. When you're struggling, you can't slow the game down. So when I say that, there, you might have first and second no out. My rookie year, 
I couldn't slow that game down to, to where I could really think about, okay, this situation, what do I need to throw here? How do I need to execute this pitch? When you're cruising in a game, it's easy. And, and that's the beauty of it is that there's not a whole lot of thinking. It, it just flows and the innings go real quick. Your thought process is real quick. It's real easy. You never overthink anything. And I think that's where you get in trouble is when you start to question things as that game is going on. You got to just go with your first instinct. You got you to gotta trust that catcher because most of the time the catcher is calling that game, but he knows your game plan. He, he knows where you want to go in certain situations, but he's also the one who's a little more able to watch the hitter's feet where they're in the box because hitters move around in the box depending on the situation and depending on a pitch that maybe they're looking for in an at-bat. Manny Ramirez back in the day, he would sit in the box in a certain spot because he was going to sit fastball every pitch or he was going to sit waiting for a curveball every pitch. But if you didn't throw that pitch, he'd strike out looking. I mean, everyone has seen videos, if you follow baseball, of Manny, the pitch is halfway to home plate and he already starts walking to the dugout. You know, that was him because he knew he was guessing wrong and you weren't thinking along the way he was. So you, you win that battle sometimes. And, and a lot of it's a guessing game. But when you're rolling, man, it, it, it's very easy out there. Mark, as a pitcher, how do you explain how impressive it is to see a two-way player like Shohei Itani? We, we were talking about him in the first segment. He has the fastest pitch so far this season and the fastest hit ball this year, the hardest hit ball this year. I mean, physically and mentally, how hard is it to be that successful as a two-way player? It, it seems incredible as a layman, but as a pitcher, what's your take? Well, you know, I was someone all through high school and college. I played first base when I didn't pitch. I don't think I could possibly imagine doing that at a big league level, though. Mm. You know, doing it, doing it in a minor league level, I, I suppose I could maybe understand it. But at the big leagues, being prepared day in, day out to do that, that, that to me is incredible. So the, the planning, the whatever they're doing with him, which I, I don't know how they're making it all work to where, because he obviously has to throw a couple sides in between his starts. I get it. He only pitches once every five maybe six days if they have an off day. They can move him around a little bit more if they have to give him one more day rest. But to be able to get in the reps that he needs it needs to be able to do in order to be ready to take the field that night to hit each and every day, that's a lot. So they also got to prepare for, to make sure he's not fatigued as the season goes along. If, if he's taking batting practice every day, and there's also strengthening things workouts that he's got to do for his body, not only for pitching, but to be strong enough to swing that bad and be prepared every game. So whatever that routine is, I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of changes that they have made maybe from his first year until now. I, I know he had his injury, so he, he did miss some time, but that's got to be a tough juggling in order to keep him healthy and, and make sure he's rested to succeed each time. Yeah, tough indeed. And Mark, before we let you go, there's a couple lifestyle things we want to talk to you about. We love to talk to our guests about movies in their respective sports. And there are so many classic and iconic baseball inspired films. But I'm wondering, what are some of your favorites? Well, Major League, you know, that that's obviously one of the best ones. Feel the Dreams is awesome. Yeah. For the love of the game with Kevin Costner. You know, it's like I said to you at the end of that game, when everything goes blurry around him and it's just him and the catcher. That's a very real 
that that was a cool moment that they they put in that movie because that's very real for a pitcher when you're out there where you don't hear the fans, you don't you don't see any of that stuff. It's just you and that catcher's glove. And so I, I thought that was really cool that they put that in the end of the movie as well. I like that. That was not on any of my lists. I actually have not seen for the love of the game, but for me, favorite baseball movies. And just to bring you up to speed, Mark, last week was our master's episode. So all golf, there are only like four or three golf movies. So there's so many more baseball movies. So this is awesome. But for me and speedy, I I can't wait to hear yours as well. Sandlot is very special to me. My first crush ever was on Benny, the jet Rodriguez. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) seven years old or something, but say I'm not, come on, that's gotta be the best baseball movie, right? Oh yeah. My, yeah. My kids now that, now that I think about it, my kids have seen that a lot. Okay. While that movie is great. I was just a little bit older when that movie came out. So obviously uh, it wasn't something that I saw. Yeah. It wasn't something that I was watching when it came out. So that's, I guess the only reason that's not as vivid to me, or I don't think of that when I hear baseball movie. No, that's fair. Sandlot is one of my favorites as well. For me, it's either Sandlot or Angels in the Outfield. I'm a sucker yeah. for Angels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said you weren't watching as many games as you probably want to right now, but I'm curious since retiring, how many games are you able to go to? And if you do go, do you like to indulge in ballpark food? Because that's like the main reason a lot of people go to games. Yeah. Well, now my kids are 13, 11, and nine, and I would take them to games when they were. I don't know, let's say eight, six, four, whatever it is. And since we live in Arizona, we would go to the D-backs game. The Cardinals or the A's were in town, the teams that I played for. We'd be sitting first row behind the dugout, whatever it was. I'd take them in the clubhouse prior to the game. And my kids could have cared less. I mean, talk about being so lucky and so fortunate. I sat in the upper tank. I sat in the upper tank left field of old Comiskey Park as a kid. So that was as close as I ever got. And now my kids have this opportunity. And I swear to you, by the fourth inning at the D-backs field up in left field, they have a little baseball field where you can go hit wiffle balls and a speed pitch or a speed gun, things like that. By the second inning, they wanted to go up there. And by the fourth inning, they're like, can we go home? Oh, <laughs> you know, man. So they weren't really into it. And I bet you I haven't taken them to a game now in probably two years. Obviously, last season getting canceled, changed things. But We'll, we'll go at some point. We'll go to a game or two this year. And when it comes to the ballpark food, I mean, yeah, I'm going to eat something when I'm there. I, when I was doing TV stuff, I remember going to Dodger Stadium, had to go get a Dodger dog, things yeah. like that. You, you have to experience certain things. Philly cheesesteak when I was doing games in Philly. But I never, when I was playing, we never really did the, the ballpark food because obviously they were making stuff in the clubhouse. But every now and then you still got to, you got to go get the, the batting helmet with the ice cream in it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, that's just, that's kind of a given that way the kids can all take those helmets home. Oh, for sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your movie insight as well. And I'm glad to hear that you have indulged in some ballpark food and you're a mere mortal like the rest of us. So <laughs> that is good to know. Mark, thank you so much. It hey, sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. So, Olivia, we kind of got into it a bit with Mark, but it's time for us to really hash this thing out and talk baseball movies. Favorite of all time 
and maybe what you think is overrated. Let's hear it. Ooh, okay. Well, I think, and like I was saying earlier, there's so many baseball movies. So yeah. this was an easy list to make. Moneyball is pretty high on my list. Classic. Love Moneyball. Yeah. Also just fascinating and true story and just an amazing story. A League of Their Own. There's no crying in baseball. That is so good. I've watched that maybe a hundred times. In fact, this year for Halloween, I was in Rockford Beach. Oh my goodness. Oh, you're committed. I love that movie. And then Rookie of the Year. (laughs) You know what I'm doing here? Yes. Okay. (laughs) For those listening, I'm doing the really fast pitch that, uh, what's, what's the guy's name in the movie? I don't know, but that movie is so good. Rookie of the Year. And then I mentioned earlier Sandlot, like classic coming of age story. I I love that time period it's in. I love their little town. And as I admitted earlier, that was my first crush was Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I think it's it's so dope to watch the Sandlot guys just link up in real life today. Still, it's dope. Every time I see them on Instagram, like all come together, it feels so nostalgic, but also it dates me because then I feel old. Oh, way no, older than old. I should. You're not old. Remember, I've got a couple of years on you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, when it comes to baseball movies for me, I am not a baseball purist. So I tend to like things that are just a little more lighthearted and that make me laugh. Okay. And so one of my favorite baseball movies of all time is The Benchwarmers. Please tell me you've seen The Benchwarmers. I have not. <gasps> okay. Well, it's like the most immature baseball movie or not even just baseball. It's just one of the most immature movies you've ever seen. It's completely unrealistic. They build an entire ballpark in like 72 hours or something like that. But it's about, you know, these guys just standing up for themselves and fighting against the bullies. And okay. it's just a beautiful, beautiful tale of immaturity and laughter. <laughs> so Venture Warmers is up there for me for sure. And you should definitely check it out if you have some two and a half odd hours to waste that you'll never get back. Well, you know, we talked about this last week on our golf episode. I grew up in such a girl family. We never watched like the Billy Madison's, the Happy yeah, Gilmore. So like, you're we didn't watch it. the stupid humor things. I'm not saying I'm above it, but I just, I it already sounds like I'm not going to like this movie. <laughs> yeah, you're probably going to hate it, but it would be a good <laughs> segment to hear you talk about it. So maybe okay. one day when you get a chance, you'll watch it. All right. Another one of my favorite baseball movies is Mr. 3000. Have you ever seen this movie with the late, great Bernie Mac? No, but I know what one you're talking about. And I think I'd watch that one. I would like that one. Yeah. So this one is a bit less immature. It's just the funny story about Bernie Mac retiring and he thinks he's you know reached a coveted mark of X amount of hits. But one of those hits or a few of those hits rather become ineligible. So he has to come back to try to get like one hit to make him reach that coveted mark. I like that. Uh, Haven't seen it in a while, but it was a movie I saw as a kid and that it just always made me laugh and it was pretty predictable, (laughs) but a solid movie as a child. And then Sandlot, of course, you know, I used to be so damn scared of that dog. I just was just (laughs) scarred forever. I I almost got in the elevator with a dog the other day and I just get flashbacks to Sandlot. Oh no. And I'm like, man, traumatizing. I'm going to just wait for the next elevator. That's how I feel. The beast. I mentioned that I had my first crush in Sandlot. Did you too? That uh, Wendy Peppercorn or Peppercorn? I did not. I did not. It was like the hot thing for like young boys for a couple of years, I feel like. Yeah. Maybe at that time I was just still not, not into it yet. 
you know, it was, it was, I was still coming of age at that, at that point. Yeah. It wasn't my first crush, but again, we're lucky because there are just so many good baseball movies. If you do a Google search of just baseball movies, there's a plethora, like 50, 60, uh, you know, from bad news bears to, for the love of the game, of course, to knuckleball, the perfect game, fever pitch with Jimmy Fallon. Fever pitch. I forgot. I love that movie. Can we categorize the movie Ted as a baseball movie? Have you seen Ted? I have seen Ted and I like Ted. And I think that falls under immature. <laughs> it does, but they go to, they go to Fenway. Does that yeah. make it a baseball movie? I don't know. Like you said, there's so probably not right. Let's keep it. Let's keep it a, a clean category. So I'm going to say no. All right. Olivia raining on my parade. <laughs> yeah. Real quick. Favorite ballpark food. My favorite, I'm kind of a sucker for Dippin' Dots, man. Just Ooh, classic yeah. ice cream Dippin' Dots. You can't go wrong. Are you a Dippin' Dots lady? Love Dippin' Dots. And like I said, I think the only time I ever get them is at the ballpark. And I, I'm not a, my, my husband lives and breathes baseball, which is ironic. He's a basketball player. Baseball is by far his favorite sport. So we end wow. up watching the Milwaukee Brewers all the time. And about twice a summer or so, we'll go to a Brewers game. And I never complain because the food is so good. The weather's gorgeous. Miller Park's amazing. So I feel like I, I'm a big baseball game fan. I love being at the ballpark, but in general, you know, he's the one watching every inning. He's the one, if we're doing anything, he's got the Brewers game on his phone down here. So this is kind of my least favorite time of year because I feel like I lose my husband for a couple months. Damn. Well, don't worry. You'll get him back soon, I hope. Okay. But uh, I, I'm glad that you enjoy the games because going to the ballpark is something that I miss so much. Oh, and yeah. one day we'll be able to go back and do it again safely. And I can't wait for that to come. But now we are wrapping things up with this week's Lion's Lock. Peter Andrew, our guy and honorary co-host, is actually out this week on some quote-unquote important business. We're going to find out what that is. So we've got John Franklin joining us to fill in. It's going to be good. The Lion's Lock. Well, we're wrapping things up this week with Lion's Lock and Peter Andrew, who we've joked is kind of like our third co-host. He's out this week on some very, very important business. So John Franklin with BetMGM is going to join us. John, first, I've got to ask, where is Peter and what is so important? Hey, man, I don't know if important business was the right thing to call it. I got some pictures of Pete out on the golf course this week. (gasps) So no exposing the man right here. (laughs) But I'm not so sure it's as important as he's leading you to believe, guys. Wow. The audacity. I feel cheated. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'm here now. So maybe this is a big hosting switch. Yeah. Maybe this is the early season Aunt Vib switch from like Fresh Prince. Maybe I'm stepping in now. John Franklin is the new Lions lock for our show. Hey, man, I'm trying. So let's see what happens. Let's see if I can get it right. Well, that's a good place to start then. Let's let's kind of preview some of the events happening this week in the sports world, starting with golf, because Peter is out there working on his swing. Let's start with the Zurich Classic coming up this weekend. It's two versus two. Tell me what you kind of are liking this week and where's a good place to put your money. Yeah, you know, the Zurich Classic's a really cool event. And like, I love watching the Zurich Classic because it's always two golfers against the field and they didn't get to play it last year. So there's a lot of layover coming this year. And John Rahm and Ryan Palmer are the defending champs. So I think you got to watch them. Anytime Mm -hmm. you got defending champs coming back, didn't get to play last year, they got a chance to keep their title going. But if you're looking for a cool underdog in this situation, 
Victor Hovland and Chris Ventura are a pair to watch. They played together at Oklahoma State. They were national champions together at Oklahoma State. They're both from Norway. Mm. I think that like that team chem could be like really cool going into the weekend. So that would be like my sneaky pick if you're trying to get a good payout this weekend. Okay. What do you got for us in some other sports? Let's jump into hoops, basketball. Yeah, basketball, we got a good weekend coming up, right? So Friday is going to be really interesting. You know, you got Celtics Nets, which is a great matchup in the East. Uh, I think the Celtics are, I think they've just underperformed a lot this year as far as I'm concerned. And I think the Nets, you never know what lineup's going out there at this point, right? You never know what superstar is actually going to play and who's going to see the, who's going to be sitting on the pine. So I could see the Celtics maybe sneaking one from the Nets this weekend. And that would be kind of interesting to shake up the East a little bit, maybe expose them a little bit. Okay. And then uh, how about baseball? We're just kicking off into baseball season. Who do you like and who do you maybe dislike? Listen, I'm a Yankee guy. It has been a brutal start. I'm very upset, but I think this weekend could be a turnaround for them. I know they're, it's just terrible. It's it's not great to start, but maybe this is the weekend they turn it around. And I I think Pete had mentioned it previously. The central is going to be the most fun division. The NL central is going to be so fun to watch. And I think if you watch those matchups going into the year, I know the Brewers Cubs had a great back and forth last week. Anything like that going on in the Central is prime time. You're going to see some fireworks. Keep an eye on it. And Mookie Betts had a great catch this past weekend. I think the Dodgers are about to hit like a major stride just taking down the Padres. So let's see what they can do heading to the weekend as well. John, if you're new to sports betting in baseball, what are various ways you can put your money down? What are some fun prop bets in baseball? Oh, there's a bunch of good ones, you know, like there, if you're looking for a better payout, as far as baseball goes, you could do strikeouts by a pitcher. So like if like mm-hmm. over unders on, on a pitcher strikeouts, and if you really like a specific matchup, always go with it. I'm a big advocate that pitching doesn't get the love it deserves nowadays with the home run ball. So that's an avenue I like to go down as well as player to get a hit mm-hmm. is a great prop bet. That's a, that's one, obviously it might be more on the favorite side at whatever player might be, whether you know, it's Fernando Tatis Jr., whoever you might pick, player to get a hit, usually works out pretty good for you. You know, one out of every three times they get a hit, they're a Hall of Famer, right? So, <laughs> and that, that's a Hall of Famer in your book because you get some money in your pocket. I like that you brought up Fernando Tatis Jr. We were talking about him earlier as one of the kind of new age players who's showing so much swag and fun and eccentric and playing to the fan base. And so that's been a huge topic on this show. Another topic on this show has been best baseball movies. And we've brought in Mark Mulder. He told us his. We've discussed ours. What is your top baseball movie? And then what's a close second and third? Okay, I'm going to go. I think this is one that people sleep on. Oh. But A League of Their Own is my yes. favorite baseball wow. movie. Olivia's yes. hands shot into the sky. <laughs> it is so good. You can't yes. tell me that that movie isn't one of the most perfect movies sports-wise ever. I think for some reason, people just like throw it in the backseat for no reason. Gina Davis <laughs> is lights out. Madonna, Oof. such a good cast. Rosie Tom O'Donnell, like, Tom Hanks. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell, so fantastic. John yeah. Lovitz is in it for like yes. a sprinkle in the marinade. Like it's, it's such a good movie and so many iconic lines. Like there's no crying in baseball, Mm -hmm. but if I had to pick a second and third, I'd go second Sandlot and third major league, Mm. you know, nostalgia fact, but love, love, love a league of their own. Me too. All right. Well, John, (laughs) look, I will say that the bar is pretty low because Peter doesn't always (laughs) shoot that well from the field. And so we'll see how (laughs) 
what you uh, directed, uh, the direction that you directed us rather. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah. I mean, I hope it's well. I had to go with golf considering Pete's working on his swing this weekend. So you guys are looking for a payout. I'm telling you, Victor Hovland, Chris Ventura, that's your pick. Sounds like a plan, John. Thank you. Thanks guys so much. Great to be here. All right, Olivia. Well, that is it for us. And listeners, thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to check out next week's episode for our big NFL draft show. Also, make sure to tap into all of the action from BetMGM. You can follow them everywhere on social media at BetMGM. As always, we only ask one favor of you all. Please leave a review of the show on Apple Podcasts and follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Till next week, guys. Peace.